Welcome back to Book Talks Podcast. This is Kayla. And Marissa. And this week we're talking about Crescent City by Sarah J. Mass. This is Marissa's first Sarah J. Mass book. So I think I mentioned on the last week's podcast that I read Akatar, like all five of them in March. So it was really good to read another one of her books because I was kind of in a, re- a reading slump afterwards. But this was his first time. What did you think? It was so good. Oh my gosh. So as Kayla knows, I'm really big into like the writing of the book. I, we've read some things that were the writing... Like, okay, for example, Little Fires Everywhere. I loved that book because the writing to me was so good. The plot was like, eh, whatever. But like, because the writing was good, I just felt like I loved the book so much more. I felt the same way about this. Not that the plot isn't good in this, but just her writing is so, I can't even describe it. Like, it's so good. She's a good writer. And then the story is obviously amazing. So, I mean, 10 out of 10 for me. I loved this book. I love Sarah J. Mass. I think her character development is, like, really huge. Each character, you just felt, like, I just feel like I personally know Bryce, like, yeah. as, as a friend. Like, I think yeah. we're pals. Yeah. I'm excited because we are, like, on this one, like, we're having fans from the ground up. Like, it's just the first of the trilogy, so, like, there's two other books coming. We're not joining the bandwagon. We are on the basis of the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. That's right. No one could come for us and say we just like jumped on because it was popular. No, like we are here from the start. We definitely did jump on because it was popular. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but we are from the start of the series, and I'm excited about the wait that long. I think it's coming out. The second one's coming out in November, or it's just I think fall of this year. Yeah. Um, I, I listened to an interview by her that she said she's like working on edits. So oh, oh I'm so excited. And I heard there's a lot of steamy scenes oh. in the next one. We really didn't get that steamy in this book. We didn't get that steamy, and yet there was also steam. Like just the the build up to the steam, the fact that they they weren't doing anything, but you felt the tension to want to do something. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> I've never wanted two people to get together so much in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh, like when page 500 hit, I was just like burning. Like I need them to be together now. I remember when you texted me, you are like, oh my god, she recorded an episode for him. That's the cutest thing ever. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look at this. This blue mark right here is the first time I thought they were going to do it. That is on page 509. I'm not, like, I'm not making this up. This is when I thought it was going to happen. He, clothing sales get you hot and bothered. Like, I was hot and bothered reading this. <laughs> I don't know why she keeps us captivated for so many pages. I don't know. And, like, breeze through it. Like, there's 800 pages of this book, and it felt like it was, like, 200. I mean, I couldn't read this fast enough. I, like, couldn't put this down. Yeah, no, I I really don't know how she does it. I'm, yeah, amazed by her. So I just ordered the Throne of Glass, like, first three books. I ordered the Nerdy Ink dust covers <laughs> before I ordered the other books because I, the dust covers are gorgeous. And Marissa just ordered her Agatar books. So did. we are going to read that for the podcast soon. Yes. Uh, we'll announce our next podcast book at the end of this episode, but... We are in a very fantasy mood, even with our last book, and just, like, what we're both reading on the side. I said it, we're springing into fantasy for the spring, and I think we're just going to carry it into the summer. Which I'm so glad that I found, I mean, that you found these books. (laughs) I didn't find them. Right. Because when, so when Kayla got me reading again, like, last year, at the start of quarantine, I I wanted to read fantasy because that's what I read in high school. And I got a book from the library called Truth Witch, which I don't know if anyone's read it. 
and it was like it seemed right up my alley as far as genre the cover work was beautiful and like the book was fine I think I gave it a three on Goodreads but I didn't even finish the series because it just wasn't captivating and I was like I must have just grown out of fantasy I must just be too old for it there it just isn't for an adult now now that it is like there's a whole genre out there for adult fantasy no I felt the same way I grew up on fantasy and then I switched into just like young adult fiction and I thought adult was like not my style either I was Mm -hmm. always like oh I just love young adults so much and then I started reading adult romance books and I totally switched to the romance genre and I stepped away from like our roots Mm -hmm. of like Harry Potter and Twilight and Hunger Games and all that stuff, and then this is, like, bringing me back home. I, I was so hard about this book, I didn't want to compare it to Akatar because I read them so close together. Um, I think you even asked me. I did. I wanted you to compare them. I wanted to know what you thought. It's hard to compare a series yeah. with so many books compared to a standalone because I feel so much more immersed in that world because I read four five books on it. Like, yeah. I... I became one with that world. <laughs> Whereas this book, yeah, it was Andrew Page's, but I still, I want more. It, we right. didn't really end, like, there wasn't, not that there was a cliffhanger, but that there's still, like, she left it, like, wanting more. Yeah. So As a good author does. <laughs> yeah, she's so good. But, so, I guess, warning, we are spoiling, like, we were talking about deep in this book, so. Oh, we are so spoiling. If you haven't read this book, do not listen to this podcast any further. Um... Unless you want to ruin your reading experience, which I would not recommend because as I told Kayla, there were like two things in this book that I thought, like I kind of predicted them. Everything else though, keep in mind an 800 page book and I predicted two things. Everything else was just, not that like you couldn't predict it maybe if you tried, but the way she wove it together I mean, there's no way we can't spoil anything by talking about it. Yeah. I also loved how this takes place in a city. Yeah? Like, I've never really read fantasy that's so modern. Yeah. I guess Twilight was... Twilight doesn't really create a world to me. Mm. Like, if you think... Twilight wasn't... Twilight was present day. Yeah, it was... Twilight was just, like, normal humans... I feel like this book is kind of present day, like... It is, but it's, like, a whole different world from Earth, kind of. Even though it is, you know? Like, I think about... I sometimes don't even think it, like, Twilight was even a fantasy book, because, like, yeah, there was vampires, but, like, it was basically, like, you were just in high school. Yeah, it was, a high, it was about a high schooler. I, like, that's, so the Twilight was the first series that I ever read for pleasure in my life, back in when I was, like, 13, and I thought it was the best book ever, like, <laughs> I read that thing so quickly, and now I look back onto it, and that book was legit trash <laughs> compared to these. Like, it had, it, it really only had a plot. It had no character development. Like, Bella from the beginning of the book is the same Bella at the end of the book. They're, like, she's been through the shit, but, like, she's the same yeah. girl. She has no aspirations. She no. has no goals. Her only aspiration <laughs> was to become a vampire. I don't even know. I think we went over this last <laughs> week, too. Because I'm still just, like, reeling on this. Like, the fact that, like, I don't know, like, she just... There was just nothing there, yeah. and I don't know why I loved it so much. I think it was just the burning passion love. They didn't even kiss. Like, no. they barely kissed. They ba- like, <laughs> he couldn't touch her because he, like, was a vampire and would crush her. Now and- I'm reading these books that are, like, <laughs> low-key, like, fairy porn, and I'm just like, <laughs> how did I think that was hot? Yeah, I think... I, I read the series twice. <laughs> What's crazy though Who too? Who let me read Twilight twice? So there's so many other books <laughs> in the world that are so much better. I mean, we all went crazy over it though. Like it's not just you. We all lost our minds over it. We all had a Twilight phase. Oh, 
But I'm glad it brought me to my love of yeah. reading. But there is just so many books out there. It's series like this and authors like this that like I didn't know about until this year that I'm like, what other books are out there that yeah. will change my life? Yeah, that, so that's why I said, um, so I read her acknowledgments and she thanks J.R. Ward, who's another author. And I, I saw some of those fantasy books at the bookstore when I went and it made me wonder like, okay, if that author inspired Sarah and Sarah inspired me, then like, who else is out there? Like, do I need to read all of J.R. Ward's books? Do, like, who else, what other authors are inspiring the authors that I look up to? Oh, there's a whole world out there that we don't know about. I want to read everything by Sarah J. Mass though, because I really do want to learn from her writing, since I want to write a book. And like, when you were talking to me about how much you felt at the end of every Akatar book, and how like, you just felt so much. I was like, how can one person make someone feel so much through their writing? So for those who know, we've probably mentioned it before, Marissa is writing a book. <laughs> we've not mentioned that before. <laughs> oh, should we not mention it? No, I mean, it doesn't matter. I actually wrote 15,000 words that I just scrapped because Crescent City was so profound that I was like, I have to be smarter when I write this book. And I spent like a whole two days planning out a new plot. I thought it was the same plot, but it was a new plot. And... I literally had texted Kayla and been like, my book doesn't make sense. Like, my character turns human, but I don't know why she's human. And I finished this book and I was like, all right, we're scrapping those 15,000 words. <laughs> One more thing, though. I think it's crazy that she's only written three series and each series was amazing. Do you know how many authors have published books that never get notoriety and then finally something, like, gets famous? But like, like, you know what? Yeah. It's crazy. Sarah J. Mass only has three series out there and they are all popular. And their fandoms like draw art and dress oh, up. Oh, yeah. Like the fandom is so strong. And I just couldn't imagine like, I, we'll talk more about Akatar when we do that episode. But like people waited like three years for another book. Like I could not imagine waiting three years for another book. Like Cray, we wait like six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's just, it's really crazy, this like world that I didn't know existed, this like Sarah J. Mass world, and she just has such a strong following, and her books are just incredible, and this book especially just blew me away. Yeah. I just, and I also liked it because I just feel like I related to Bryce in the sense that like, we're kind of her age, like we're 25, yeah. we, mo we just moved to New York City, we're kind of figuring our shit out too, and I like that a lot, like she's, I think we like her job more than her. <laughs> yeah. I liked her because she wasn't in a rush for anything. Yeah, she wanted a new job because she felt like maybe her job was a dead end. But she was just enjoying her life. She didn't feel pressure to settle down and get married or have a career or whatever. She was just in a city with her friends, enjoying her life, working a job. Like, just living it. It's kind of us. It's kind of what we do. <laughs> Except for our career that do dominates all our time. I was kind of scared to read the ending of the book because I saw all the books where everyone's like, oh, I cried so hard at the ending. I like was going out that night and Marissa's like, maybe you shouldn't read the ending of the book in case you cry. Like, you're going to go out and be sad. And the ending is like, they're kind of in war. I'm like, how is, yeah. how am I going to cry? And I actually didn't cry. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, am I, do I not have a heart? And I realized the only books that make me cry are when parents die of cancer. Two books distinctly I remember crying from are Summer, Second Chance Summer, Summer, from Morgan Madsen. Her, their dad dies from pancreas cancer. Wow, way to spoil that for me. Jeez. The whole book is about her dad dying. <laughs> I think it's real the first page of like, my dad has cancer, we're going to go to the lake house. <laughs> Maybe not, but... <laughs>
I should get, I should let you know before because you Marissa feels things more oh, than I do. I yeah, I'm a feeler. I, my personality is an INFP. The F is literally for feeling. Like I feel everything. I'm quite the opposite. <laughs> um, so I feel like I had to warn you anyway yeah. before you get into it. And another book I cried as. Uh, the Samurai Turned Pretty is when, like, the mom's dying of cancer. Mm. And those I sobbed at. Yeah. But, like, this book, I I didn't cry. The only reason I cried at the end of uh, a, a Court of Silver Flames is because I was, like, finished the book. You wanted I, more? Yeah, I just cried because I'm, like, the series is over and I feel empty inside. But, like, I didn't cry with this book. I think I cried for the last hundred pages of this book. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not sure where... Lahaba, Lahaba, yeah, <laughs> where she dies. But from that point on, I was just sobbing. Should I do the synopsis? Bryce Quinlan had the perfect life, working hard all day and partying all night, until a demon murdered her closest friends, leaving her bereft, wounded, and alone. When the accused is behind bars but the crimes start up again, Bryce finds herself at the heart of the investigation. She'll do whatever it takes to avenge their deaths. And I'm not going to read the rest. It kind of talks about Hunt, but Hunt is the other main character, the male. Oh, I like Hunt. I like Hunt, too. I think my favorite character, though, is, besides, like, Bryce and Hunt, is Rune, her brother. Yeah. I just felt really bad that she, like, really was so mean to him. Like, whatever. But he called her a half-breed. Yes, but how many times have you called your siblings, like, the worst possible thing? I feel like it, it comes out later why she really did push him away. I, don't- I think her problem is your problem. <laughs> I saw you and her as being so similar, where she puts up this defense mechanism to shut everyone out and keep everyone away who could possibly care about her and love her. And with Rune, I thought it was so sad. Like, at one point she says, Rune, you were my best friend. And then they had this falling out. I still don't really get the falling out because, like, was she just doing it because she didn't want to steal his spotlight? Or was it because he called her a half-breed bad word? I think he was trying to, like, protect her, and that's why he yeah. was mad and yelled at her to, like... I didn't completely get I the fallout. I think they both were fighting over something that wasn't, like, actually what they were fighting yeah. about, and they both said mean things to each other. Because she said yeah. some pretty awful things to him, too. Yeah. But, but I feel like she pushed him away, and, like... Instead of having that big blowout and then you cool down and you're like, all right, we are being childish, my bad, let's get McDonald's, whatever. She like then pushed him out completely and was like, he's not going to hurt me again. I feel like that's kind of you. Like I marked so I marked several quotes. I don't know if you hold a grudge like that. I hope we don't have to find out. But I feel like you could where like if someone wronged you, you would... Yeah, I wouldn't talk to him for a while. I have I have blocked people on LinkedIn before. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that. Huh. Uh, you will not get in contact with me if you've wronged me. You're getting blocked on LinkedIn. I feel like I was reading about you in some ways. Not all of it, like you know, not like the the drugs and all that. And there's I mean parts of this that like you're not the same as her, but I felt like her defense mechanisms really mirrored yours. Yeah. And, yeah. I, don't know if that, I don't know if that's a compliment, but I like to be really like, Yeah. Nice, so I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah. Bryce is pretty cool. I didn't like her at first, if I'm being honest. She won me over by the end. I just felt really bad for her. Everyone hated her because while, like, Danica and, Br- and Connor are dying, she was sleeping with some guy in the, in the bathroom. Right like, after she agreed to go on a date with Connor. But, like, 
who'd been simping over her for years. I kind of get it. I feel like she knew her and Connor were like endgame. So she just had to have her one last hurrah before she was going to go wipe up. She didn't know that Connor was going to die. He was like getting murdered as she. Probably a good thing she was going to do that because she was like so close to going home. And what if she was home? That's true. So it was a good thing that she was out. So, but I just feel like they, people, like, the whole world tormented her. Like, I just didn't think she deserved that. People have done so much worse. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I feel like everything that happened to her was so unfair. And I don't know how she kept going because public shame like that is so traumatizing. I would move. I would move to a new city. I would have yeah. gone home because her parents live in a different city. Yeah. I think I would have gone, country. I would have gone home to my parents because I just, it, there was so much shame. Because her, part of it, I think it was Sabine. They didn't actually say, Sabine, Danica's mom, who exposed her text messages. So. They didn't say who exposed her text messages. But her text messages were leaked that showed that she was, like, hooking up with some guy in the bathroom while Connor's getting killed. And, like, out partying and got all these drugs. And her best friends are literally being murdered. But she didn't know that. No, I know. I'm just saying like, like the public shame. They act like Danica texts her like, "Hey, I'm getting murdered," and she's like, "Haha, I'm banging <laughs> some guy in the bathroom." Like, no, Danica was like, "Light it up." And yeah, she's like, I am. And then, and then the next thing you know, they're dead. And yeah, she's like drugged. Well, and too after that, then when she stopped drinking and she still carried that reputation. Hunt's like, yeah, she's just content to let the world believe the worst of her. Because that's easier for her than trying to defend herself. It's just easier. She goes, it's easier for me when people assume the worst about what I am. It lets me see who they really are. And I was like, it is true. Like, she was sober after that. She just did her job after that. And everyone still basically slut-shamed her. Yeah. Yeah. So, so... Danica dies, like, I think two years later. Yeah. Um, she's basically a ghost of a person. They find out, like, throughout this, like, she's tormented by people for these texts that were released when they were killed. Found out that she was, like, on the roof, almost committed suicide. Her friend, mm. I don't know how to pronounce it. Juniper? Juniper, like, kind of talked her off the ledge. Her other friend, Fury, like, doesn't I talk to her anymore. I loved Fury. <laughs> Fury is what I aspire to be. A dark assassin, like of just evil darkness but she's a good person but she's so mysterious yeah she's pretty much very hidden um but she's basically like alone she has no friends after that she works for this art dealer who i hate her boss jessima i she her boss sounds awful i think deep down she cares about bryce I think you done too because of the epilogue. Yeah. And some scenes. But so yeah, basically goes to person. She just like kind of goes to work all day. She like, lives in Danica's apartment. That's like a really nice ass apartment that is kind of like in the will. And she bought out the like her boss's sphinx. Yeah. As her pet, which is apparently a really expensive pet. And yeah. she made sure that the pet was free because there's a whole big like slavery thing mm-hmm. in this world. So she gives off this vibe so like anybody at the outside looking in sees her like at this nice apartment with this expensive dog like thing. Mm-hmm. And she works as an like art dealer assistant so they know they're not making a lot of money. So everyone's like, oh like her daddy must be paying it. Like Hunt was so Or mean. like she's selling drugs or something. She's got some under table thing going on. They still think she's like a big party girl still. So then the governor, who's basically, like, runs the city. Mika. Mika comes. I thought it was Micah. Micah. I pronounce it Micah. I don't know how to pronounce any of their names. Micah comes. He's, like, the runs the city. He comes to her job and was like, we need you to investigate your friend's murder two years yeah. later. 
I just don't know how he, like, imagine just, like, working at my accounting job, and, like, my <laughs> best friend died two years ago, and the president being like, hey, I need you to investigate. Yeah, so like, by the have, way. <laughs> I know you have no skills at all that require you any <laughs> right to investigate, but, like, well, yeah. I need you to get on that. I, as far as plot hole go plot holes go that's the only one that felt far-fetched to me now it did make sense at the end why he asked her um, I don't know like how much we want to give away right now but it came together why he asked her but I thought it seemed weird how people got on board with him asking her because like you said she's just an art dealer's assistant like what this young girl like, yeah what qualifies her to do this investigation she has no training no like and yes she was danica's best friend okay great if kayla died that doesn't mean i could solve her murder <laughs> like, we found out later that she's a really trained warrior from her dad <laughs> but like from her stepdad but like looking at her you she wears these like skimpy dresses and you wouldn't think that you just and high her, heels yeah like you use her like a girly girl who like gets her nails done and yeah trying to be like a pretty badass but yeah yeah no i just could not imagine me like okay Kayla, like let's solve a murder together yeah. i'll be like uh-huh yeah and not to mention it's gonna be so dangerous that we're gonna give the angel of death to you as a guard because that's how dangerous it's gonna be okay make sure to also still work your accounting job and solve this murder thanks bye like <laughs> i would have been terrified but so hunts assigned to her he is a slave because he was in a rebellion for yeah. another one of like the other governors who was like another prince like president uh in charge of another city and he like was in love with her because she didn't see uh rank yeah and then he led he was the commander of the rebellion and then her his lover died and he became a slave and he was like sold around and then he became to micah and micah was like okay you gotta kill for a kill and then you're free mm-hmm which Micah didn't have to offer him. This is why you said you never liked Micah. I was cool with Micah in the first 75% of the book. Also, he actually killed 2,000 people. Like, he just let, like... Yeah, but he, you know, you have to take responsibility. The captain goes down with their ship, that kind of thing, you know? Like, you let it. You take responsibility for your people. It was just the way he would do it. He would, like, make sure, like, it was just the most tormenting experience from him. No, I know. Like, it, it was cruel, but also, like, he didn't have to offer him a way to buy back his freedom, you know? It was a deal. And, like, Hunt was like, hell yeah, man. Like, I'm going to be killing people anyway. Might as well he get didn't my freedom. Like it. <laughs> But it was a way to freedom. He liked having hope, I, I, would, yeah. just, I would think. Um, and then Mike was like, okay, if you help her with this, I'll, you only have to kill, like, seven people at first. Ten. Ten. Yeah, ten um, more. So he, like, wipes out ten, like, two thousand of it. But, so, they work together. And the whole, like, beginning of the work together, Hunch is talking so he, much shit He's about the her. worst. We think she's being reckless, but she's really actually being calculated. I, honestly, though, like, when she was getting her nails done, I knew she had an ulterior motive. Because I was like, Bryce is too smart and cares too much about Danica to just be, like, chilling, getting her nails done. But, like, you know that she didn't tell Hunt anything just to piss him off. Like, that was the whole point. <laughs> you know, like, it just made him mad. So, I mean, she set herself up for the remarks, but he was still rude to think them. I did enjoy their, like, banter back and forth. Oh, I like, loved their banter. She infuriated him so much. There was just, like, so much sexual tension from oh. him. From the minute that he, like, was in the alley with her and she heard her, like, and he was, like, the only one to calm her down. Yeah. To, like, and then the fact that they wouldn't say anything about that. Yeah. Oh, when she was getting the, like, venom out of her leg, 
I, that scene I actually liked a lot. Like, no, you're like, it was so cute whenever she recorded the TV show. I was like, no, it was so cute when she's getting the venom under her leg and he was, like, calming her down. Yeah, no, he, he was really, I liked that they were equals. Like, even though they weren't in the sense that, like, he is literally the angel of death. He He has so much power. He has so much power. And she's just this pretty party girl, like, but you find out she's not really. Yeah, she's like a half front. human. Like she, we don't know if she has any yeah. power. Like she, at, at this point, we think she has no power. She's like, well, she human. hasn't made the drop yet. So even also, if she has power, but also I was so mad the whole book. I was like, just make the stupid drop. But she, that was she was gonna do that with Danica. I know, but like, why would you let yourself being vulnerable if you had a power to be? indestructible whereas you if you lost an arm it would grow back wouldn't you go and do that to be that but you don't always make it out of the drop you have to have an anchor and danica was going to be her anchor like i get it there are things that like they made plans and when danica died i can see why she would be like but the fact that her Danica died would be more of a reason for me to do the drop is because I would be like, okay, my best friend just died, the most powerful werewolf, shipped or whatever, and I'm not going to let myself be vulnerable. She wouldn't want me to be oh, vulnerable. Oh, you're thinking of all this in a place of very clear-headedness. You have to understand how much grief she was feeling after that. She was punishing herself, okay? She left the venom in her leg to feel pain. She stopped drinking and stopped having fun to punish herself. She wasn't going to make the drop and live a good life because that would be too rewarding. She had to punish herself. The drop wasn't mean she was going to live a good life. It just meant that she wasn't just a sitting target for all of Danica's enemies. She, no one was going to, I mean, I don't know. She (laughs) had the amulet. She had a nice. It was a sitting target. (laughs) But if she a wasn't. If came and attacked her and, like, really attacked her, she would have been dead. Whereas, if she made the drop, she would have had a fighting chance. I mean, good thing she didn't make the drop because she saved the city with her drop. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I understand why she did it. I understand it was with the whole grief blinding her. But also, I just, even if I was miserable, I would have made the drop just so, even just for my best friend to be like, okay, like, let me not be, like, because Danica was all about protecting Bryce. But they were going to wait till they were 25 anyway. So it's not like, it's not like her waiting went against the plan. Yeah. But I also feel like they waited with Danica knowing that she was going to protect that's true so now that her protector is kind of gone i feel like i would just don't do it i i'd be scared to make the drop i also hate how they're all like so against the half breeds like all the humans yeah above a half breed i was like i would rather be a half fae than a full human yeah i i'd love to be a half fae get best of both worlds yeah what did you feel about her hiding her identity as like basically the princess to hunt I mean, I get it. Do you support Hunt being mad at her for not telling him? No! Because he was like, well, she had her own secrets too. Okay, well, no, that was fair. She actually get what he was saying, though, because she was mad at him for keeping secrets, but it's like, she did have her own secrets too. Wasn't she, like, not, like, allowed to say anything? I think she was choosing not to. I mean, yeah, I don't think the Autumn King wanted it out there, but if she'd gone and blown the lid on that, I mean, what, you know, what would have happened? But, and I get why she didn't want to tell people, like, she didn't want to be connected to the Autumn King, and she didn't care about being the princess. But Hunt, I mean, you know, Hunt's pretty trustworthy, I would have told him. All these book secrets that people, like, keep their mouth shut, but I'm like, I have the biggest mouth. I, I couldn't. Tell, like, the minute me and Hunt got close, I'd be like, oh my god, I want to hear where my dad is. <laughs> <laughs> like, her and Hunt, 
when they talked about being mirrors, which I just thought was a really cool idea, and because most of these books we read, people are attracted to like opposites, like opposites attract. And in this book, I felt like it was the expression "light calls to like," where they were, they really were mirrors. I felt like once she literally bathed him naked, like a very intimate action that wasn't sexual because she was literally taking care of him. I mean, it was a little sexual, but she you know, was literally taking care of him. But I feel like at that point, I couldn't have kept secrets like that. Like once you're that close. I also don't get how Rune's friends didn't get it. <laughs> like, they're so dumb. Like, like the Autumn King's an only child. Yeah. And they've never met an aunt and uncle anywhere, and they're just going to take for word. And it's said that like, Bryce looks very much like the Autumn yeah. King. Like, I get, like, I'm probably not, like, analyzing the Autumn King's face as mm-hmm. much as they're, like, but, like, Ruin's friends sound like they've been friends for a long time. Like, yeah. put two and two together, dumbass. And that's their king. Like, <laughs> like they know who he is. They would know Rune doesn't really have a cousin. Like, a cousin who showed up at age 13, by the way. Like, it's not like they were raised thinking he had a cousin. She came out of nowhere. I need more clarity on the Autumn King and her mom. Because, obviously, I'm very pro the mom being with Randall. That seems like a really healthy relationship. I was confused by what I perceived as the Autumn King still loving her mom. Yeah. There was a scene where he was definitely like, you know, I always loved your mom. It's like, did you love her or did you just want to keep her? Yeah, I, I'm curious as well. Not that I want more of the Autumn King, I just want more of like that background unraveled or even more of that dynamic unraveled because I we didn't really see him and her interact. I wonder if she would be recognized as like the princess now. Also, like, I'm so curious about is Rune's prophecy that he's yeah. going to be like the last of his bloodline. Yeah. I thought that just meant he wasn't going to have kids and carry on the bloodline. But then there was something that said he was concerned what that prophecy meant for her. Because if he's the last of the bloodline, then... It's Bryce. So if she was recognized as part of the bloodline, would she die? So I think yeah, that's I why know. he was fearing that. I, I thought it was really beautiful that, like, Bryce hid her star power, having Rune have yeah. it. He I, was so proud of the little bit of star <laughs> power he could make. Uh, and and she, meanwhile, she's, like, actually the star she's power. Like a shining star. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she literally blinded the Oracle just with her future prophecy. <laughs> and I also, I so saw the Med Witch being the Queen of the Witches or whatever. I didn't like her until she was revealed as the Queen of the Witches. I did not see her being the Queen of the Witches. I was actually suspicious of her. I thought she was a bad guy. So I was confused when Hunt was taken... So she, like, kind of went to Rune, and they were, like, good. Yeah. Like, he was, she was going to go watch football with them. <laughs> and then she, like, goes and offers herself up as a slave to one of the most powerful people yeah. in the world. And he stops her, and then she's like, you're dead to me. Yeah. I was just like, okay. She's I, a little dramatic. And also, like, he's done worse things to you, and the fact that he's going to save your life against a slave, you're going to be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to... And she, like, deletes his phone number <laughs> as if that is anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, and it shows him, like, holds up her phone and swipes. And he's, like, upset about it. I was yeah. like, you can still call her. Like, she didn't block you. Like, she just has her number saved. Uh, yeah. So, to be fair, I'm not really sure what she was mad about. 
particularly. I'm assuming it's because he wouldn't let her take Hunt's place, which is like, okay, <laughs> duh. No <laughs> one's gonna let you do that. Like, literally, no one. But I did think the way Rune went about it was pretty masculine. What is it? Alpha hole? Yeah. Because he was like, I claim her. She, like, since she's not married, she basically has no rights as a female fae, and I'm her male, whatever, <laughs> superior. And that's what pissed me off. It wasn't the fact that, that like, he wouldn't let her take Hunt's place. It was more the fact that he, like, went about it all alpha hole. I was like, freaking rune. But it was for the best. Yeah, I was like, I think I would say anything or anything to make yeah. sure that I, my sister wasn't taken as a slave. So who was your favorite character? Besides Hunt and... Yeah, I'm surprised you chose Rune. That surprises me because that was not on my radar at all. I really liked Isaiah. He was, like, barely there. No, he was there. <laughs> I I liked him because I think he and Hunt are going to be friends. And Hunt doesn't have friends. And I, I think, too, they would have been friends sooner if Hunt knew how to make friends. Because, like, it comes out that Isaiah has invited him to the bar before, all that stuff. So, like, Hunt had opportunities to make friends, even if, like, he didn't understand those were opportunities. But I liked Isaiah from the first moment he was introduced. I appreciated that he didn't try and assert his dominance over Hunt because he knew, like, Hunt had technically been his commander in the 33rd Legion, or 18, whatever. I get all those things mixed up. But I don't know. I just... I'd go for Isaiah. I'd also go for Declan. I don't know why, but I had a, I was simped a little bit for Declan. I loved when everyone's going out to fight and he's like, I'll be your eyes here in the protected bubble. <laughs> like, I got you guys. I liked the Flynn, his name was. Flynn. I liked him you actually liked him? better than Declan. Really? I didn't like him. I do like the trio. I, yeah. would, I would definitely like hang out with the trio. Okay. Oh, I guess a big part we're missing out. What was your thought when Hunt... When he betrayed Bryce. I felt sick. I, like, physically felt sick. I did not see that. I was I, shook with that. I had I did not see it coming. I was so mad because they were literally, like, minutes before that, they were, minutes. like, on, on the couch doing things. And doing he was, things. like, saying all these things to her that he wants his future with her, like. And then the next minute he goes and betrays her. Okay. To be fair, he didn't want to do the drug deal. He wanted to stop it. So let's at least like. But he give didn't him want the, to do it in the beginning. It was his idea. The, I think what was more, even more shocking for me was that he'd figured everything out already and, and he, didn't tell her. He kept her in the dark and let her run around the city like a madman. Like that girl went by herself yeah. to the river that seems like very toxic. You were imagining a New York river. <laughs> yeah, like I was just like picturing a very really dirty river yeah. that people lived in that like were gonna that kill you. People lived in that were gonna kill you. I just heard it yeah. being like a very dangerous place, and she yeah. went by herself with this like merman like she literally just met like i don't know if you could trust him i yeah that made me really mad i didn't see it i just i he also didn't apologize well he fell to his knees it also made me question like how much he liked her because like literally in the scene before her he's telling her that she's his future and that that's all he wants but in the weeks leading up to this, I mean, like, the week before he's literally telling her that, he's lying to her, leading her around in circles. At that point, he still wants to rebel. So was the rebellion more important to him, or was Bryce more important to him? In literally the week leading up. I, how do you trust someone like that yeah. at that point? Yeah, that part made me really mad, actually. And it was hard because, like, you wanted to feel bad for him being sold again, but at the same time, you're, like, so mad at him. And I just didn't know how Bryce just kind of forgave him so easily. Like, I know it was, like, her last chance yeah. before he was, like, really gone. It was, like, now or never kind of get him back. 
But also, like, I'm a stubborn mule. <laughs> like, if someone fucked me over that massively and that publicly, like, oh, you... You had to hold up your phone, <laughs> swiped him, deleted him out of there. Like, I would have been pissed, but yeah, no. I guess... It did kind of damage my view of Hunt a little bit. It definitely made me think less of him. And then, now, I, I thought I was unfair of Bryce to just be like, okay, well, he's going to be a slave now. That's his punishment. Like, I don't really care... Because, like, they had something. She was dumb to not realize they had something. But he was so dumb to do what he did. Like, I just... I feel like she just kind of went numb. I yeah. feel like she was, like, trying not to feel anything. Well, and, too, she had to deal with the fact that then it came back to Danica. I started thinking that the crown was in Bryce's tattoo probably halfway through the book. Yeah? From when we read Covet, how they put the flowers kind of like mm. a tattoo. It kind of made me think, oh, what if something's in the tattoo? I didn't think that at all. I started thinking about it when I found out Danica stole the horn. Yeah. Once I found out that that happened, I was like, oh, it's in the tattoo. But before that, I didn't think that. I thought for sure Danica stole the horn literally in the first 70 pages. Like, before Danica was murdered, because... Bryce kept saying things like, oh, Jezva needs this horn. I gotta go find this horn. And Danica's like, well, don't knock yourself out, babe. I was like, she's too, like, casual about it. I stopped thinking that maybe she stole it when she suddenly was murdered because I was like, her story just ended. Like, I was shocked. Part one of this book, you fall in love with Danica, you fall in love with Connor. Part one of this book ends with them being murdered. And I was like, what just happened? I figured she was getting murdered because the synopsis I didn't read is something like Bryce and her best friend dies from a demon attack. I'm like, I did not read the synopsis. They're not going to kill the dancer who's barely there, and they're not going to kill yeah, the assassin who's also oh, I barely love there. The assassin. All I want in life is to be an assassin. I I like Fury in the end, and I, I hope we we see more of her in the second book. But like, I just feel like we didn't see a lot of her. I Okay, my favorite part in the book was after Bryce kills Micah and she <laughs> vacuums him up. Yes. I was living for that. I, it was so casual. <laughs> she she just first she sets it on fire and then just <laughs> just another day at the yeah. office. But that's why I thought Jezebel cared about her because she put that on the screen. She's like, Declan, you've got to put my phone on the screen because I didn't think Jezebel would want anyone to see what they were seeing in her office yeah. with like the books. I also hated how Connor's brother hated Bryce so much. Like, and especially because they were like friends beforehand. I know she like basically ignored him for like a little bit, but like. I, he knew Bryce had issues. It was very clear that Bryce had daddy issues and commitment issues. And <laughs> no, also, like, she broke up. Like, also, they can't get she mad. She was literally on a date when she agreed to go on a date with Connor. Like, she was on a date with another, somebody else. They can't get mad at her for, like, sleeping with somebody else when yeah. she was on a date with somebody else. And, like, she didn't know they were dying. <laughs> she literally could have had three guys in one night, just saying. Like, yeah, so I just didn't get, like, whole, like, Ethan getting mad about that. I think he just needed someone to blame. I think so, too. I just, he was so mean to her. And I think it's interesting how she's mad at Fury because Fury never texted her back. But then the same thing happened where she didn't text Ethan back. And it's like, everyone was just dealing with their grief in different but ways. But Ethan was like, don't ever speak to I me know. again. <laughs> yeah, no, that was sad. I liked that he joined her in the end, though. Do you have any predictions of what's going to happen next? I, I don't know. It literally ends that epilogue with that demon from hell, or Aedis, whatever. Yeah. And I kind of liked him. Yeah, he was cool. I liked him. I feel 
felt like he cared about Bryce. I think he did too. I think he had a soft spot for Bryce. But it literally ends with him being like, well, things are about to get interesting. And I just don't know what that means. Like, what's about to get interesting? I kind of don't want there to be a second book. I kind of just want her and Hunt to live out their lives quietly the way they were instructed to do. I wanted a little bit more in the epilogue, but... I like that the epilogue, though, had nothing to... Like, it wasn't Hunt and her. It was just these two other characters. So, I, I'm excited for the next book. <gasps> no, I'm actually stressed, though. Like, I'm actually stressed because I really just want Hunt to be happy and... Like, he was a slave for so long. I think he's he's free now, though. He's free now, but on the condition that they live their quiet lives. I like how they switch perspectives. I but loved it. I like how it was not written strictly in Bryce's perspective. I like how we got, like, Hunt's point of view and Rune's, like, point of view. And, like, I really enjoyed that but, part. But, but it wasn't actually written from any of their points of view. And yet you could still feel the shift in the narrator's voice when it switched to their point of view. Yeah. It was like an omnipotent third person. So, like, the narrator knew everything. Everything everyone was thinking. But I don't know how Sarah did it. She would, like, write as of the narrator about Bryce, and you'd see what Bryce was thinking. And then she would switch, and you knew she switched, and she'd be writing about what Hunt was thinking, and you knew that Bryce didn't know that that's what Hunt was thinking. So it was almost like a first person, but it wasn't. Like, I don't know how she and did sometimes it. sometimes she would switch in, like, in, like, one, like, you wouldn't even tell, like, there wasn't even, like, a break yeah. in the page, like, it would just switch. Yeah. It was amazing. No, I, I really enjoyed that, because, uh, for, like, Agatha, the first three books were written in, like, pretty much just Feyre's perspective. So I liked how this book was written in many. And I think I could have handled 800 pages of Bryce's monologue, maybe, although she was pretty sarcastic and sardonic or whatever, so, like, maybe it would have gotten on my nerves. So I, I do think breaking it up, though, switching, made it more enjoyable. Is there anything else? I feel like we're definitely missing so much. I feel like we're missing so much, but it's only because we loved it so much and we have nothing to pick apart. No, it was just, it was a piece of art. It was so good. I... I, like, we, we read it in, like, six days. I put Mars on our reading schedule. Yeah. We did it pretty quickly. It was really good. I, like, couldn't put it down. I stayed up uh, super late trying to, like, just, just could not put it down. Um, I loved how they layered in the pictures throughout the book. They were taking pictures of each other. Oh, me too. Wasn't that so cute? Um, I, we're definitely forgetting things, so... Don't kill us if you forgot some of your favorite parts, but this book is just so long, and I was just so captivated that I didn't take the best notes, but again, one of the best books I've ever read, I give it a 10, a, a 10 out of 10. I give it a 5 out of 5. <laughs> yeah, I give, I, no, same, 5 out of 5 for me. This is it, our first 5 star book. I mean, it was easily the best book the best well-written book and the best plot I've ever read. I've read well-written books and I've read books with really good plots. This had both and it was just, I loved it. It had like action, it had romance. Also, it was like a, almost like a crime-solving book. Yeah, it was a mystery book too. Like I really, it felt like it had everything for everybody. Mm -hmm. I think most people like this book. And I think, too, if you like puzzles and things fitting together, which I look for in a book, you know, I don't want plot holes. Not that I always notice them if the book's good enough, but, like, this book is just tied together. And I still feel like whatever we are probably forgetting that's open-ended will yeah. come to light in the next books. Like, yeah. I'm, I think it's, like, really nice knowing that this isn't the end. Can you say whether you liked Akatar or this better? They're just different. They're different, like, vibe. 
I feel like you like Akutar better and you just won't say it. Yes, but I, th- I can't really compare because right. like, I read a whole series. That's true. Well, once we get through this series, not that like, we have to compare them, it's more just, like, I'm so curious because I want to read Akutar and it's been so worked up in my mind and now that I've read this, I just like, I wonder, like, is it even better? Is it is it the same? Like, They're very different books. Yeah. Um, is it more romancy? Uh, I would say yes. Because this book was like fiery tension um, with absolutely no release. <laughs> so this was like a murder mystery. Yeah. That one's more, it's not a murder mystery. That's good. That's not, that's not like really the plot there at all. Like it's just like not modern day. It's more like they ride horses to get to places. Which I there's, like that kind of there's stuff. There's like estates, like it's um That's like Lord of the Rings. It's more old fashioned, so it's just like a very different worlds. Um so it's hard to compare and it's just hard to compare that like I read a whole series back to back compared to one book. So I'm gonna reserve my complete and utter opinion on like compa- comparison to all of her series once I finish uh, Throne of Glass and once I read the second book of this series um, and then I will give you my opinion. But yeah, that's it. So thanks for listening. Uh, let us know what you thought about Crescent City. Let us know which one of Sarah J. Mass's series you like best because clearly I can't answer that question. <laughs> and let us know like who's your favorite character of Crescent City. Um, what are your theories for the next book? This is Kayla. And Marissa. Have a good night.